Hello again, everyone. David Bastel here alongside ARIA President David Oikel, and this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. Coming up on this episode, we chat with Andrew Fogliato. He's the owner of Just Sell Homes, and David, Andrew is excellent, just a great speaker. He talked about many different channels across social media, and what were some of your takeaways uh, when we had our conversation? It was really great when we asked him questions. Uh, many times he said, it depends. Uh, you know, which, uh, which platform was appropriate for, for us, uh, which tips, which content, uh, what are your goals? I thought it was really interesting to draw out uh, uh, the, the realtor to, to identify what is important to them. So I really thought that uh, the questions that he asked and the content that he, he provided was really, uh, really helpful for me, for sure. Yeah, it really was. Creating that conversation, not just posting something for the selling aspect, but Forming that relationship was big for me and also standing out. He mentioned as an example in this interview that, you know, a lot of realtors, maybe they want to use a certain color. Well, go in a different direction just to have that stand out. Those were some of my takeaways as well. It was interesting when he was talking about sometimes you're going to do a post for, uh, for lead generation and sometimes it's going to be for branding because maybe you're marketing to the neighbors about maybe uh, showing what you can do. So it's really interesting that you got different purposes for your... Uh, for your content, and it's uh, it's important to uh, to pay attention to that. Andrew Fogliato is on this month's episode of the Real Estate Edition podcast. You're listening to this month's episode of the Real Estate Edition with host Dave Bastel and ARIA President David Oikel. Andrew, so great to chat with you. As the founder of Just Sell Homes, can you share your story about what inspired you to start this company and uh, how did you get to where you are today? So I don't, I don't know how many people know this who follow, but I, actually, I was an agent for a couple of years. So I sold up in Aurora um, and I did everything. Like I tried door knocking, cold calling, all that fun stuff. Um, I actually had a deal on the second house I ever door knocked. And I was like, this business is going to be so easy. Got like a 50% <laughs> conversion rate. That was also almost the last deal I ever got door knocking. Um, but I, I, what worked for me was like Facebook ads, blogging. Like I was blogging three to five times a week. Um, randomly actually had a lot of success with Google+. Plus. I was probably one of the only people who could ever say that. And it was 100% accidental. Um, but I had a really old school brokerage who started asking if like they, like he came to my, like broker came to my open house one time, saw me using an iPad for sign-ins and you know, eight years ago, no one was doing that at the time. So he asked, can you train everyone in the brokerage? And that kind of like snowballed into me doing more and more like tech-based trainings and then ended up getting recruited by corporate Remax. And so I ended up accepting an offer to basically train agents mostly Ontario Atlantic Canada on basically how to leverage technology yeah. and what happened pretty quick was people just kept saying can I just hire you to do it for me um, and I heard that enough times that I realized there was a pretty good business there um, and I actually enjoy that side of real estate better mm-hmm. um, so once I kind of figured that out, and then the other funny thing is coincidentally on my first day in real estate I met the top producer in our office And he's like, I'm going to tell you the secret to being successful in real estate. And I was like, what's that? He goes, sell something to realtors. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I kind of, I guess I took that to heart. But I started training more and more and everyone just kept saying, can we hire you to do it? And eventually I started saying yes. I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs along the way since then. But there's actually, Aria was the first place to ever give me a speaking gig after I went out on my own. Oh, wow. I was, they had their six city emerge tour. 
um, at the time and a speaker pulled out on the Friday and it was supposed to start Wednesday actually in Ottawa. Um, and the Friday they called me like, Hey, can you come to Ottawa next week and do the other cities? <laughs> and I didn't even have a presentation. Like I locked myself in my room that weekend and basically just created a presentation from scratch, then got in the car and drove to Ottawa. <laughs> and I was like, all right, let's do this. And Very cool. So yeah, like first person to ever give me my shot, uh, which was nice. <laughs> Well, then I would have been at your first uh, presentation then, because I was at that presentation in Ottawa. Yeah. So uh, at that at that that emerge, Andrew. So yeah. that's uh, obviously that's neat. very memorable. That's <laughs> neat to hear. Well, absolutely, it was. Um, so yeah. before we dive a little deeper into social media, Andrew, uh, you know, on Facebook, I saw recently you did uh, something. Uh, the, was it hard seventy five or you know, what was hard. that seventy five hard? And uh, you know, I maybe you can tell uh, folks what that was about, and uh, maybe a little few lessons learned. Uh, yeah, so that. 75 hard is it's not necessarily like a healthy challenge i mean it leads to you being a lot healthier it's more supposed to be like your willpower but basically the idea is you have 75 days straight if you screw up one day you have to start over from scratch um so every single day you have to do two 45 minute workouts one has to be outside uh you have to drink a gallon of water you have to read 10 pages of a book you have to pick a diet and stick to it now that can be any diet the only rule is it has to be something that leads to better health. So you can't pick like the Twinkie diet. Um, <laughs> so I did no sugar, um, which was not easy um, because it turns out almost everything has sugar, mm -hmm. even if you think it's healthy. Uh, now, within a reason, like I could still eat fruit. I just couldn't. Anything like non, like anything artificial, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it, was, it was a pain. For me, the toughest thing was actually the gallon of water. Because like I'll do like like back especially back then I was doing seven eight hours of Zoom a day sometimes, and you have to strategically drink water and time your bathroom breaks around when I'm about to be on Zoom for an hour. <laughs> so I had to get pretty creative, and there led to a few days where at like five o'clock I basically chugged a gallon of water <laughs> because I didn't have time during the day to break it, and I had to finish my water by six or I'd be up all night in the bathroom. So I had to basically learn how to strategically time my drinking to avoid interrupting my calls. And we had success. The 75 days worked. Yeah. yeah so I lost 24 pounds. So if you actually go to my Instagram, you can see the okay. before and after. So it would have been posted in like mid-December, but you get, it's a pretty stark contract because like two workouts a day plus a healthy diet. I mean, it, that's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all it takes. It's a lot of work. It was easier than I expected it to be. Um, once you get into a routine, the only thing is I, I'll say is I don't know if I could do this in a normal year. Um, like I know David, I've, we've seen each other, a lot of conferences to do 75 hard while doing like conference season, for example, I, I don't know that that's realistic <laughs> to do. I know one person who pulled it off during a conference season. I don't know. I have it in me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome story. Congratulations. Uh, t today, Andrew, we'd love to talk about digital uh, and social media marketing. Uh, when it comes to promoting your brand as a realtor, is there a particular platform that works best to gain that exposure in the real estate industry? Is there something that, that a certain platform that seems to work better than all others? Or how would you grade that? Uh, I'm going to give everyone's least favorite answer of it depends. <laughs> uh, <because laughs> Come it, on. It does. Like, you first have to figure out like, and we'll probably come back to it a few times during this call of like, who's your target audience? Like if you're trying to get, you know, 25 to 30 year old first time buyers, for example, you know, it's Instagram, maybe TikTok. I mean, 
if you're over targeting people over 35, like you probably don't have to worry too much about TikTok, but even then there's a growing thing there. I mean, if I'm blanket statement kind of telling where people should start, usually it's Facebook. Um, like right now, especially on the ad side, um, it's the most effective. Most clients we work with, we try to start just with Facebook and Instagram because that's kind of where most the most people are active from a like people who are ready to buy homes perspective. Um, but it really does depend like who's your target audience and where are they spending their time? Like I love Twitter. It's actually my favorite platform, but I also know that for agents to be successful on Twitter, it's for most of them, it's not the highest, best use of their time. Yeah. So there's better uses than Twitter, but like, I love Twitter. Um, for others, it might be Instagram. I personally, for, for me, it's Facebook. Um, I'll go hard on Facebook every day over any of the other platforms, I'd probably follow second with Instagram. Right. But from there, it really does depend kind of who your ideal clients are and where they're spending their time. So building on that, Andrew, so what are your top tips uh, to optimize your social media, click through, engagement? You know, what are the things that people should pay attention to? Uh, one, don't pay attention to how many people follow you. Um, I generally, like follower count is to a degree just a vanity metric. Um, and a lot of times it's misleading. So like for, let's take Instagram, for example, because it's pretty popular. My main like metrics I look at are actually not followers, likes, or comments. It's saves and shares. Because people, if they're saving your post or sharing it with other people, that increases my visibility. And those are the types of things that lead to real, like people taking action instead of just like commenting like a, you know, a fire emoji, like that's not leading to business if someone's just double tapping the heart or leaving a fire emoji. But if they're sending it to a friend to share a great tip, that could lead to business. Um, so the, that's a big one. So if we look at what are people engaging with, like if you go to the Just Sell Homes Instagram and start scrolling back, you'll see at one point, there's a pretty stark change at one point of like a lot of thumbnails of me switching to almost all like blue text-based posts. Mm -hmm. And because what we found as we were testing is like people responded to tips and tricks way more than anything else. And we started testing that with clients too. And like a lot of text-based posts on Instagram have done very, very well in the last like 12 months. So sharing useful information. Um, what I always try to tell people is before you worry about like optimizing for click-through rates, doing that stuff, I try to tell most people like ignore that at the beginning. Don't worry about any of that. Focus just on who's your ideal client and what do they care about? That's like optimizing is what comes after. Like if you put really good content out there, it will overcome lack of optimization to a degree. I mean, yes, you still have to do things so people actually see it because <laughs> I mean, you could put the best content in the world out there, but if you never get in front of anyone, it doesn't matter, but you have to have that first. And that's the biggest hurdle. Um, like trying to just like game the algorithm it's not going to leave. Like it might work short term. That's not something that's going to give you long-term success. So we say focus on just creating really good content first. And that means what do your ideal clients care about? Um, and that's going to be different for each agent. Like we have one client of ours who only works with pre-construction investors for condos in Toronto. If you're not investing, he's not trying to get you. Yeah. If you're an end user, that's not his client. So everything he puts out is investing and pre-construction condo related. So content that's great for him, stuff that works great for him is not going to work for our other client who goes after, like he's very like, charity focused. A lot of what he does is around like everything I do is around giving back to the community. 
And that's a very different perspective than someone who's going after investors trying to like build the biggest portfolio possible. Okay, so let's get into a topic uh, similar to this, but it's uh, it's a little more of a cost. It's uh, it's paid promotion. When it comes to the paid promotion aspect of social media, can you share some ways that realtors uh, can get the biggest bang for their buck for their paid social media advertisements? Because there's nothing worse than putting something out, paying for it to make sure that it's a push, it's an upgrade and not get the bang. How do they become successful using that when they're financially into a post? I mean, the first thing is to really sit down and think about what your goal with each ad is. Because I find a lot of people just like go and we'll talk to people and they'll be like, yeah, I threw 20 bucks behind that. And I was like, for what purpose? Mm -hmm. And they almost never have an answer outside of more people see it, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Like it's, that's not a marketing strategy. Um, so first, like think about, okay, like I have this listing, for example, I want to promote this listing. I can probably set up five different ways to promote that listing, depending on what your personal goal is. And they could all be considered the best way to do it, right? Like if you want people to go to your website, you're going to set it up differently than if you just want people to watch a video, or if you want people to scroll through the photos, or if you want people to become a lead, Right, like, the, or maybe I'm not even doing it for any like people to find it. I'm only doing this post so the seller sees it, so that they can see I'm actually doing work. Right, right, like, like there's different ways, and first you have to figure out what is my main goal here, and then work back from there with the post. Like, if I just have a video, like videos, for example, I love. I put out a lot of video. I also think, to a degree, it's a little overrated in the industry from the perspective that people act like it's this end all, be all. If you're not doing video, you're out of the business in five years. Like none of that's true. Um, I will guarantee you, like if you want more leads, images will get you more leads than video. Almost every single time we run ads and we've tested it, images outperform video for leads. But video has better branding. So there's value there of getting less leads and a little bit better branding with sellers. So if I'm trying to showcase the sellers, like the neighbors of the listing, the good job that I can do, I'm going to favor a higher cost per lead and use a video because I want them to see the quality of my work instead of using images that might get me more leads. So again, it's looking back, like, is my goal buyers or is it trying to get more sellers from this one? Right. So you kind of have to look and like right now, especially with the current market, you don't necessarily need more buyers because there's too many buyers as it is for the inventory that's out there. So you're focusing more on kind of leveraging the listings to get your next listing. Um, and that's how you should be kind of thinking about it when you're structuring the ads and kind of marketing for that piece. So Andrew, I think this is really connected to that. So then, um, so that's the goal. So what is the number one common mistake, uh, that people do, uh, when it comes to promoting their business on social media, they make it about them. Um, Mm. for the most part, the consumer doesn't care who you are. I mean, like you're like your best people, you're like a plus database people. Yeah. They care about you. Uh, most people don't even care about you when you're helping them. I mean, let's be honest. They care about where they're going to live next. That's their goal. Like I always, it's funny when we ask agents, like, you know, what are buyers looking for? They're like, oh, they're looking for an agent who's honest and dependable and communicates. Like, no, they're looking for a house or they're looking for a buyer for their house. Like, don't forget that piece. And a lot of agents do in their marketing. It's a lot of me, 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 when it should be like, what problems are you solving? What pain points are you helping with? What are you teaching them or why are you showcasing something that's a value to them? Um, like a very easy example would be like, how many like ads do you see out there that are just 
If you're thinking of buying, selling, or investing, call me. Like that's not value to the consumer. That's not standing you out. But if you can say, hey, I have, you know, here's a guide on three things you can go do today to get more money for your home when you go to sell. Someone who downloads that is way more likely to do business with you than you just saying, put in an ad that says, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest, call me. Yeah. Because that doesn't speak to anyone. It doesn't evoke any emotion from them. So focus on like everything you put out. Does that answer that from your ideal client? What's in it for me? So the benefits and what are the benefits of sharing aspects of your personal life? You, you talked about the aspect of, you know, a mistake is me, me, me. And a lot of times when you're, when you're on these social media accounts and so forth, uh, sharing the personal side of social media of yourself, uh, does it help or hinder you at all? Because a lot of, and, and it's a two-part question too, because yeah. I'm also going to ask you with that same question, is it smarter off if, if I have business X to make sure business X is on one social platform, but me, the person, should have my own personal account. Do they mix it all, Andrew? Or, or what would be your advice for, for somebody coming with you with that type of question? To a degree, it's also a, another it depends situation of how much are you comfortable sharing? Right. Right? Like you can actually never talk about your personal life and have everyone feel like they personally know you. Because like even little things like let's, like, I know we're not doing this on video right now, but people like we're on video talking while we're filming this. I can see your house right now. Think about how much looking at each other's background, we already know about each other, right? Like you look like I can see you have an Ovechkin thing behind you. You got Lego there. Like, you know, like, there's different teams, like, right. Like I can see a ton of stuff. I already obviously know you love hockey. That's pretty obvious. Like on mine, I got dumb and dumber posters. I have the Joker poster. I got the Raptors. I got basketball over there. Like, you can learn a lot about someone on a personal level without having to share that much detail. Right. Um, you can like, or for example, like my show that I do over a pint, I don't really share personal details, but I can't tell you how many times people come up and talk like they know me because they watch it on a personal level. Right. Like you can stick to business while adding personality into it. So like the types of jokes you might make um, like anecdotes, like, Take another good example who's like huge on social for realtors would be like Gary V. Everyone feels like they know him personally through all his stuff. Have you ever seen his wife or kids ever? Nope, not at all. You probably would have no idea nope. what they look like. Like he talks about the Jets a lot. Like one of the things we kind of, in the term I heard first time, which really resonated with me is like, what's your sidecar interest? Which means like think of like a motorcycle that has the sidecar. What is your interest that rides along with you? For Gary V, the example would be like the Jets. Like looking at your background right now would be hockey. Yeah. So like tying some of the stuff you do, like adding, even if it's like tying a hockey related tagline or, you know, you might have, like we have a client up in Barry who has season tickets to the Barry Colts. And she makes a lot of comments about like, if you ever see the crazy blonde lady at the Barry Colts game, that's her. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that where you can share your personality without sharing too much personal information. Gotcha. Um, and it's finding what is that kind of acceptable limit for you? Because at the same time, like if you want a cheat code for online engagement, your children are a, like, especially if you're, they're young, are a cheat code for getting a lot of engagement on social. People always engage with posts with kids. Um, like I was joking with a friend of mine she was unsure if her posts were getting as much engagement so every time she wants to kind of benchmark she throws up a post of her kids because that tells her 
kind of how she's doing <laughs> and is it like have things changed well you gotta like that it, come on <laughs> yeah, exactly like it's a cheat code like i know like i joke about it i'm like anytime i have like we've recently announced we're having another baby i was like whatever my next post is i know i'm gonna get it seen by a lot of people because i just had a ton of people engaging with that one um uh, but not everyone's comfortable sharing that stuff right. so there's if you're not comfortable sharing like really personal details just put your personality into it um take the approach of if I came to your social media and like, I just said, no, you're both David. So I can say, if I was going on David's social media, <laughs> I was just like, can I throw my face on top of yours? Does it still make sense? If the answer is yes, you're doing social media wrong. Like I should be able to come to your place. And if I put my name and face on top of your content, it shouldn't make sense anymore. Right. And that's kind of, you want to stand out, but whether it's, I'm sharing my kids or you will never see anything of my kids ever. You can still feel like, you know, me just as well. Um, but it's, you know, maybe it's something like you're sharing, you know, where you are at events. It's the types of photos you're taking. Those all share your type of personality. Yeah. Well, I don't have any kids. So my cheat code is my 94 year old mother. So uh, that's the one that gets all the engagement. Uh, when I put a picture of mom on there, uh, I know I'm in business. That's my, uh, my anchor. Um, so you talked about this a little bit, Andrew, about, uh, you know, getting likes and these kinds of things, but what you want are leads. So how do you, what's the content, uh, the content and, and mechanisms for, uh, for turning this activity into leads? So on the organic front, I mean, a lot of it's just, if you're relatable, like let's Instagram right now is obviously very hot on the organic front and Facebook outside of Facebook groups is almost irrelevant um, from an organic standpoint. On organically on Instagram, like stories is what brings in new clients. And but there's ways to do it. So if we're looking at Instagram stories, where to me, like if you're on Instagram and you're not doing stories, you're just doing it wrong. Um, stories is what brings business in. And part of the reason for that, if you think about it, is people will comment on posts, but a lot of people don't like commenting on posts because it puts them out there publicly. And like you've seen people get in like wars in comment sections. People, a lot of people don't want to be involved in that stuff. Like, I'm sure you guys have all been there. I've been there, especially if you're in like David being president, like I guarantee you have to be careful what you say. But if I respond to your story, that's one-to-one -one private communication. People are more likely to do that. Plus now we can have a real conversation if you respond. Like if you respond to a comment publicly, now we're having a public conversation. It'd be like a fireside chat on stage. Everyone can read it and hear everything we're doing. But backstage you're going to have a much more personal conversation and create a real connection with them. That's Instagram stories. They're replying and you can now have that. Now, some of the things you want to do in stories is utilize like the features that's built in to make those conversations easier. So while you're, you know, regularly sharing like, you know, the behind the scenes, making it relatable, you have a new listing, you post about it, but then like, if you're doing a three stories in a row about a listing, the last one, add the question box and say, do you want me to email you all the details about this listing? Just drop your email below in the question box. Mm. And then everyone who drops their email, you grab that and you send them an email and start a conversation that way. Or use the poll feature and be like, just curious, are you planning on making a move in 2021? Yes or no? Everyone who clicks yes, send them a message. Be like, what's your plan? How can I help? Yeah. Be yeah. helpful to them. Like it, there's a little, like if you do that as every single story you do, yeah, eventually they're just not going to engage anymore. But throw up a... a refer to them as like a lead harvesting post. You know, if every fifth post or sixth post, something like that, 
is designed just to start conversations about real estate because that's really the secret to get leads is can I start conversations about real estate with people? Is this going to start a conversation about it? That's all you have to do is people try to be like, no, I want people to call me if they're thinking of selling. No, that's not it right now. Like, I just want people to start a conversation about real estate because you never know where it's going to go. And then just be curious in the conversation about them and their, like what they're doing right now. And maybe it leads to a referral to someone else. Like I remember when I sold, one of my best referral partners would never use me because his mother-in-law was an agent. But he didn't feel obligated to like refer everyone else he knew to her. He just knew he had to use her. So I got a ton of business from him without him ever using me to list his house because <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> but like it's one of those things where you do things like talk about your regular stuff, get people to like you, get it out there. But then once in a while, you put out something and make it easy for them to opt in and have something they want. Like just saying again, buy or sell with me. They don't want that. But if, for example, if you have an email list that's like every Friday, I'm going to send you a list of the best deals on the market. People want that. Even if they're not in the market right now, they're, how many people care? Like if you tell someone your agent, the first thing they always ask, how's the market? Well, I'll say like every Friday, I can send you an email with kind of updates of what's going on in the market. I'm going to send you kind of what the best new listings are. And I'll let you know about any notable sales that happened. And then you're going to add your insight in that email about why that matters to them. That's something you can always have that gets them to opt in. Like I do this for agents. I have a weekly newsletter that goes out. I don't talk about our business that much in it. Like if, I don't know if either of you get it, but 95% of that email is just stuff that I think an agent would find useful. And we just say opt in and you can get this once a week. We'll make you the smartest agent in the room. <laughs> you take that approach to the consumer. I'm going to make you the smartest person in Toronto about Toronto real estate. Yeah. 10 minutes once a week, get my email. Yeah. And it's an easy way to get them to opt in. That's exactly it. And in, on that note, uh, positive feedback on social media is also very key, uh, especially when cl when former clients and past clients are looking through your, your accounts and so forth. Are, are there any tips that realtors can use to, to these clients to share the positive feedback about their experience of a realtor on a social media platform? Is, is there anything that you could zero in on there? Uh, first thing is anytime you want someone to do something, make it easy for them to do it. So right. if you want them to leave you a Google review, send them the link and instructions on what to say. And like, actually, I wish it was my idea, but it wasn't. It was a guy named Joey Coleman who wrote the book, Never Lose a Customer Again. I had him on my show and he actually shared my favorite script ever for asking for a review, which is instead of just asking them to leave your review, ask them to leave a review that's worthy of being published in the New York Times. Because then people write something better than just, it was great working with David. Yeah, yeah. It was a great experience. I loved it. They're not, like, they know right away, that's not being published in the New York Times. They're going to write the most glowing, beautiful review that you've ever had. Um, and if you ask everyone that, like, yeah, some people are still going to throw out some, you know, stuff that you can't really use that much, but you'll get some great info from that. Yeah. Um, and then the other one would be like, as an example, I remember when I sold my house, even when I was licensed, but I had started to sell homes, I hired an agent um, who was my old mentor. And when he sold the house, I snapped a photo of our sold sign saying like, thanks on to the next chapter. And I had like five different agents respond saying like, oh, I wish all my clients would do that. And that gave me that idea. And what we started doing for clients is we'd create for them on Canva, a seller kit. And what it was is, when you list a house for sale now, all this client would have to do is go change the images out 
And each client now got their own folder of Instagram, Instagram story, Facebook sized posts that they can post on their own social about their house being for sale now that was heavily branded to the agent. And we even gave the clients the caption of how to put like what to say on social. So it would even include like, if you want to, you know, see this home, talk to my agent, David. And we gave them like the instructions on how to tag me and then put my email and phone number. Now you're turning each of your clients talking about your house. Then when it sells, do the same thing. Give them the graphics for the sold so that they can post about that too. Because that's more powerful than just sharing it if you're giving them the specific pieces because the beauty of that too is like if they're just sharing it, you know, I don't recommend putting a lot of text on the ones going on your agent page because Facebook doesn't like a lot of text on the images. So we do not on it. But what's going on the organic feed can be a little bit different. And I'm going to brand that so that if they share it, my name's going out with it. Right. So give them the tools to make it as easy as possible. We will be back after this short break. Join the ARIA Realtor Research Community to have your say when it comes to the services ARIA provides, the recommendations we make to the government, and the strategic priorities of the association. You'll receive exclusive content and be entered into monthly draws every time you complete a survey. Visit joinariaresearch.com to sign up and join an exclusive community of realtors making a difference. Joinariaresearch.com. Andrew, we're in the middle of this and I can't wait to listen to this podcast next week so I can take notes because I'm trying to concentrate on uh, on my job here. But I know I'm going to learn so much when uh, and make use of a bunch of this stuff. So I uh, can't wait uh, for next Tuesday, but um, we'll keep going. Um, in the past, you've talked about a results-driven marketing strategy built upon value and trust. Can you elaborate on that uh, and what, you, what that means to you and uh, should mean to realtors? We've talked a little bit of like the value part so far, especially from the point of like not doing it about you answering the question, like what's in it for me and providing value and like giving people what they want and what they care about. Um, but to get them to work with you, that's really like get the focus on the trust part. Um, I think a lot of speakers and they're not doing it in any ill will. It's just like they often haven't thought about it. It's like they speak about you have to get people to know, like, and trust you, but they say it like it's one word. Like I hear this all the time. They're like, you got to get the know, like, and trust. And, but that's not, that. those are distinct phases of a relationship with someone, right? Like first you have to get them to know you. Then you have to get them to like you. Then they have to trust you. Like I'm under no illusion that like my show over a pint, like you're, I'm, you're watching me drink beer with someone. You watching me get drunk and talk about business with someone does not mean you're going to trust me with your business, right? But you'll know me. Hopefully you'll at least like me because I'm trying to be personable on the show, but that's nowhere near trusting at that point. So then the next phase is, okay, now that you know me, hopefully you like me, let's now get you to trust that I know what I'm talking about. For me, that's easy. I just then retarget people who watch the show with ads about what we do. Because if you see that, you know, right away, I know what I'm doing with Facebook ads for real estate agents. That's sharing like good information. That's useful. Like, the easiest thing you can do to build trust with people is answer their questions. So if a client, even just like an in-person, a client asks you a question, write it down and then go on social media. That's your next video. Because if they ask it, 10 other people have that question too. And showing you're the expert. Like there was a great example of this one time um, from an agent in Newmarket. 
and she shared a story and it was like her getting a home ready for sale. And she just said like, I have my contract. So, you know, like in the kitchen where there's that gap between like the top of the cupboard and the ceiling and some homes, they haven't like filled that gap. She showed that in the kitchen, like that one inch gap at the top. She's like, most people don't notice that, but let me show you the difference when we stage your home, if we fill in that gap. And then she took the video of the before and after and like right away, it was such a stark difference in the mm. way the room looked that that right away, you now trust that she's an expert on how to get your home ready for sale to get the most money for it. It's these little things that showcase your value that you can provide and that they're trusting that you're the one who can do it. And it's same thing. And like when you're doing a showing with someone, if you tell a client not to buy a house, that's going to make them trust you more than anything else. Like that's one of the, like, you always hear this time and time again, like why they trust the consumer. Oh, cause he told me not to buy this house. He gave up his commission on that house. Cause I, he told me not to buy it. Right. Like that's the type of thing people love. So when you give them like good advice, especially if from their opinion goes against your best interests and favors theirs over yours, nothing will build trust like that. Like, I can't tell you how many times we get referrals from people like realtors who we've told not to hire us because of what didn't make sense for them to hire us for their business. But those are people who refer us like crazy when there is someone who's a good fit. Hmm. Cause you have like, if you put trust ahead, it'll end up working out. It can sometimes suck for you short term, <laughs> but long term it will usually pay off. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like it. So uh, when we're, when we're looking at social media and we see this in almost every single industry, there's a lot of social media noise out there. There's a lot of media influencers throughout a lot of different companies and businesses, just like real estate influencers are. Um, so what advice would you give uh, to a realtor to ensure that their content actually stands out and gets seen in a, in a world that's very, very busy, even busier than what the real world looks like? like a lot of agents get caught up in what other agents are doing and being like oh i gotta stand out because no one else is doing that but they're looking at it the wrong way they're looking at what agents like like let's take like for example the conference circuit you're at aria you start meeting all these people that's great you start following them all you start seeing what all the other agents are posting you're like okay well every agent's posting a video of them in their listing video okay but they're all over ontario they're not in your market necessarily what are agents in your market doing like if no one else is doing video in your market, well, great, jump on video. You'll stand out right away just by having a video. Now, if everyone else is doing video, okay, are they in the videos? Yeah, okay, maybe a lot of them are in the videos, but maybe they're only in at the beginning for 10 seconds. All right, now be in the entire video. You have to look at what people are doing locally because that's what matters. Right. What an agent is doing two hours away is irrelevant in your local market from that perspective of having to stand out online. You want to specifically look at in your local market and where am I, what are other people doing and then stand out. So like, I'll give you an example again with me, cause I don't like to necessarily call out agents sometimes. Um, but with mine, like I was looking at my YouTube stuff and we noticed that every single competitor for Facebook ads for real estate is a generally speaking 30 to 44, 30 to 45 year old white guy. Um, and every one of their thumbnails is basically the same. And it's someone who looks exactly like me pointing to words on a screen saying Facebook ads for real estate. Like you go Google it now, almost everyone looks exactly like me. Hard to stand out in that. So that's why we started using a cartoon version of me and we'd put a cartoon out there and now we'll say, okay, now it stands out because you see like five different people there. And then one's a cartoon. The cartoon's the one that stands out now. Now, if I went on there and everyone else was doing a cartoon, I'm immediately switching and using an actual photo of me. 
So I'm looking at my direct competition in that specific space. What are they doing? What can I do to stand out from it? And that's what you have to really look at and not because I've seen it a lot where agents get like, oh, every agent I see is doing this specific thing. I'm like, yeah, but none of them are in your market. So why do you care? Right. It doesn't matter if they're not in your market because you're going after a different group. Like, I don't care. Like I saw an agent one time in a Facebook group complaining about all these agents are doing up close videos. Like, okay, but you're the one seeing these because they're all in different markets. Locally, there might be one person who's doing that. (laughs) That's what you have to stand out against. So look at in your market, what are people doing and just make it different. It doesn't have to be wildly different. It just has to be a little bit different. Um, And that could be as simple as they have a video, they intro the house, but that's it. And then they're out of the video. Then it's just a tour. Okay, now be in the whole video now. Sell the house and get in that way. Maybe it's everyone is using red. All right, grab blue. Like It doesn't have to be these major things. There's little things can stand out against the crowd. But you have to look at what people are doing in your local marketplace specifically. Um, And on the social media influencer side, I mean, you have to kind of just weigh who they are and what they're doing. Like, there's a lot of people who say they sell a lot, but it's because they're like recruiting for a brokerage and they don't actually sell anything. Like, you can still get good content from them, but that doesn't mean you have to follow everything they say. I mean, including me, like what the strategies I say will not work for everybody. Right. Right, like take different pieces. Like I do that too with mine. I, I look at other agency owners. I look at other marketers out there and I will pinpoint things I think will work for my business. And I won't put in everything that I see that other people tell me to do. So Andrew, stuff is changing uh, rapidly. Um, so uh, in, in this industry in particular, so what's the main uh, digital marketing trend in 2021 that, uh, that we should be paying attention to? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll jokingly say we're going old school, uh, email. Um, people for some reason, just discount the value of a good email. Um, I can tell you since we put our emails to weekly, I've basically doubled my monthly revenue. Um, everything about emails for us has been huge. Our clients like emails is a goldmine. And a big reason for that is it's in their inbox and you own it. Whereas like social media, you could get kicked off Facebook tomorrow and never be allowed back on the platform. Like my company was banned for a week from Facebook due to an accident on Facebook side. Like there was no reason for it other than, oh, you accidentally got caught by the algorithm. Our bad. I mean, they didn't actually say our bad because Facebook doesn't care, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But email, I think, is the thing that most people ignore, that most people need to do more of. Like if your email strategy is a once once a month newsletter, like you might as well just stop sending emails. Um, like minimum, I would be sending out a weekly email. Uh, people think that's sometime too much. Um, but the joke in the email marketing world is only send emails on days you want to make money. Well, um, you know, continuing on that then. So as we're getting close to wrapping up, um, if there's one thing you'd want a realtor, li- realtor listeners to take away from this conversation, you know, what would it be? When you're doing your social media, your email marketing, your website stuff, whatever it is you do, it should be focused on just creating conversations. It's not necessarily about booking an appointment. It, like, that lead conversations lead to appointments, conversations lead to referrals, but how can this start a conversation? That could be as simple. If someone asks you about a, one of your listings, you don't have to respond and be like, Oh, do you want to go see it right now? If someone reaches out about one of your listings, instead of saying, do you want to book a showing? She's like, great. Are you looking at it for yourself or as an investment property? A short and simple question that gets them to respond. And you, now you've started a conversation and you can now keep that conversation going and just be curious about their situation and learn about them. 
and go from there. So think about when you're posting, when you're sending emails, can this start a conversation that's real estate related? And that's all your, like to sum up my entire strategy for marketing is just create as many conversations as I can. Yeah. Andrew, it was so great to talk to you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Um, I, mean, I think we <laughs> talked a lot and I don't want to like wrap people up. Like I always say this, like when we share a lot of information, people get overwhelmed, just pick one thing and do it. Um, and then like, if you're taking notes during this episode, I always recommend you taking notes when you're learning stuff on the right side, create like a little column where you're writing down your specific ideas and after rank them in like order of impact and how easy they would be to do. And whichever one has the highest like impact paired with the highest ease of implementing, do that, but don't go to the next thing until that first thing is done. Cause then otherwise you're just going to kind of half-ass everything. Um, I joke about it cause it was on, can I say ass? I already said it. Um, <laughs> I, I put it, it's actually one of my best performing posts in a while from a share thing on perspective on uh, Instagram. And the quote was don't half-ass two things, whole ass one thing. <laughs> I, I love that quote. Um, but it's that idea. Like if you get ideas from this podcast, take one thing, implement it till you're happy with it, then come back and look at the next thing. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Before I go, I want to remind you all that all Aria members and their families have access to LifeWorks by Morneau Chappelle, a 24-7 well-being solution. The program provides access to various support programs to help you and your family deal with a wide range of personal and work issues and is available at no cost 24-7, 365 days a year. For more information or to access the service, please visit www.ariacovid19info.com forward slash relief. And by now, we hope all our member listeners have caught up to speed on which ARIA standard forms are new and revised for 2021. If you missed our forms team's seller direction and consent forms and the buyer direction and consent forms live webinar, you can find both recordings on the standard forms webinar landing page on ARIA.com. Our forms team is also continuing with their popular webinar Wednesday series. The next one coming up on April 28th at 1 p.m. And it's titled Form 320, Identifying You and Your Brokerage, followed by Brokerage to Brokerage Communications Forms on Wednesday, May the 26th at 1 p.m. And don't forget to take the Are You a Forms Rockstar quiz to find out if you are a knowledgeable Forms Rockstar. You can find out when you visit the Standard Forms landing page. That's it for today. From Maria President David Oikel and myself, Dave Bastel, stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month. Hey!